This is the Software and Technology Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you information, education, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. The more diversity of thought of the people working at tech companies, the better. The blockchain idea was around 91, the same idea of in the digital world, we need verifiable documents. Welcome to the Software and Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Morse. Now, a handful of years ago, I was with my family at a campsite by the river in New Braunfels, Texas. I was so excited to get into the river that I jumped in to swim. It was only after I had done that that I realized that I still had my phone in my pocket. Needless to say, my phone was destroyed. It never worked again, and I had to get a new one. This, or something like this, has likely happened to a myriad of people across the globe. Your phone or electronic device gets wet and you lose it to the, to the water demons. People all over the world wait for the day when they no longer have to worry about this kind of thing. Well, I've got good news. That day has arrived thanks to a company called HZO, which has pretty much solved the issue of electronics and moisture. Now the two can coexist. And with me is Stephen Gold of HZO, who is going to tell us more about this revolutionary turn in device protection. Stephen, how are you? Terrific, Brandon. Wonderful, wonderful. Now, I, this is a fascinating technology, um, and, and I've seen videos of your technology being used in TVs that are working as they're submerged in water. This is amazing to me. Um, now, you had a, a similar story about a friend jumping in a pool with waterproofing, but they, they say that there's waterproofing already built in, but it did not survive that journey to the pool. Why didn't it survive it? Well, you know, Brandon, this is not a new problem. We've all been there. That moment in time, is, as you just described, we get excited, we get into the pool, the spa, and we forget about the fact that our, our electronic, our phone, our, our AirPod, our, our Bluetooth speaker, you know, was sitting there and just tumbles into the water. And it's that moment that, that we all panic, um, and, and rightfully so. I mean, the, the situation we just described plays out literally hundreds of millions of times every single year. And unfortunately, the result is almost always catastrophic. We end up paying an exorbitant amount to repair or more likely to have to replace an item. And the simple reason to the question you asked is that, that you know, there's a bit of confusion around uh, the levels of protection and what we're really protecting from. There's also different methods of protection that are applied. So uh, you, you'll see a device and you might see a little rubber uh, rubber gasket around the, the seal that's intended to keep water out. But the reality is these gaskets wear out or you drop it and, and they break. And the minute that happens, the device is no longer protected. And as a consequence, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all probability is the device will, will stop working. Right. So you've pretty much solved this issue at your company, HZO. Give us a little background about what HZO does and what you've done to solve this problem that we're all having. Yeah, so HCO is a global leader in, in delivering world-class protective nano-coatings uh, that are really intended to safeguard electronics from uh, the most demanding environments you can possibly imagine. Now, when we talk about nano-coatings, we're really talking about these ultra-thin coatings that are applied on top of electronics to protect it, uh, whether it's, it's from dust or dirt or water uh, or some other form of liquid liquid, perhaps our favorite beverage. Uh, HCO has been doing this for, for well over a decade, and it's probably become 
of paramount importance for a variety of reasons. Uh, electronics have certainly gotten more more expensive. The use of electronics have proliferated to a lot more devices. We find them in cars and toasters and, and smartphones uh, and hearing aids. And so the diversity of ways in which electronics are getting deployed, the, the places that they're getting deployed, our dependency upon these electronics, um, you know, kind of have coalesced to a point in time where it's critical that we can depend on these devices independent of whatever hazard or accident might happen. Yeah, and and so I am. You you have a product um, that has essentially revolutionized the way that we that we waterproof our devices. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? I've, I believe Apple, Samsung, and other flagship phones on the market promise this protection, but honestly, I, I don't know what this uh, you call IPX7. What it means? Will you elaborate on that? Uh, ab- absolutely. So the two questions, really, one is how does HCO go about protecting? Uh, and we believe that protection starts from the inside, from you know, from the from the electronic itself outward, uh, and that's an important differentiation than what conventionally uh, we think about, and certainly what the standard talks about. The standard itself, what you talked about, was was IP stands for ingress protection. Simple English, it's about preventing things from getting in, dust, dirt, water, um, you know, whatever hazard may present itself. But unfortunately, uh, the reality of life is, is you know, these type of contaminants uh, and hazards are invasive. They, they ultimately find their way into a device. Um, and, and when they do, things start to break down pretty quickly. So the standard is, is centered around this, this keeping things out. Uh, the standard itself really only tests against freshwater, and and for all of us that that have experienced this moment in time uh, of panic, you know, it happens in pools that have chlorine, it happens in the ocean that has salt. Um, all, all of these these variabilities in chemicals, you know, make it even more difficult to protect. And finally, the standard only really looks at things that are brand new out of the box. Well. Nothing makes me happier than opening my new electronic, but but from there it's all downhill. I I kick it, I drop it, I stick it in my pocket, it bends, and the minute life happens, uh, whatever traditional form of protection starts to break down pretty quickly, whether that be uh, a rubber seal or an adhesive or some glue. With HCO, and I imagine that the heat and, and cold probably also has an effect on these seals and whatnot as well. It, it absolutely does. I mean, you know, you know, time is not the friend to what I'll say are the traditional methods of protection. Where HCO, you know, it's really next generation technology. It's, it's using a variety of materials to provide the level of protection aligned to the specific need. So if I'm trying to protect against saltwater, um, I think about it slightly different than if I'm trying to protect against sulfuric acid. Mm-hmm. And so we have a spectrum of protection, a diversity of materials that we will apply to electronics uh, to ensure that they keep working, to extend their life, provide reliability, ensure the durability, and, and ultimately and, you know, is, is to provide uh, a confidence that that device is going to be ready and working when I need it. Right. So many of the companies that come out and they say, you know, we have this internal protection going on for our phones aren't exactly coming forward and saying like, well, you know, what we really mean to say is that it, you know, it, it protects against a little bit of fresh water for a certain amount of time. That's right. In fact, when we talk about, uh, you'll see on the side of a box, perhaps a, a reference to IP67. Mm-hmm. 
And, and that last number is, is talking about that, that length of time. So specifically, you know, 30 minutes at a meter uh, a depth, about three feet. And, and it's tested, but again, it's only tested in fresh water and it's only tested for a new product. Right. Um, and so, yes, it's good, but it's not sufficient. If you will, you know, that standard is really table stakes. It's the entry point. But what I want to know as a consumer, uh, what I want to know as a, a business is what is what is the, the, the longevity and the reliability of that device? Can I expect time after time, day after day, uh, it will continue to work when exposed to you know, whatever happens in my life. Right. And I imagine that there are a lot of industries that could use this kind of protection that, that work in not just in wet environments, but does, does this kind of nano coating protect from things other than water? Uh, what industries may find it useful? Yeah, great question, Brandon. And I, I would certainly say it's probably most prolific in consumer electronics. Uh, the nature of the device and the expectation of the consumer are such that you know we're looking to extend their use. So uh, certainly in 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 smartphones and earbuds and Bluetooth speakers, but you're also starting to see this in things like white goods, uh, uh, dishwashers, washers and dryers, anything that that has to operate in and around an environment that's potentially going to be exposed uh, to liquids. Think about the connected home. Think about security cameras. Uh, think about video doorbells. You know, our life has become surrounded with electronics, uh, and these electronics are constantly being tested, and it's critical. But it's to your point, not just about consumer electronics. We're we're starting to see this, uh, you know, populate and proliferate in areas like automotive. We hear a lot about autonomous driving. Well, by the nature of autonomous driving, we become dependent upon the car for self-operation. That's braking and steering and navigation. All of that requires electronics. If those electronics fail, uh, it potentially can compromise the the integrity of the of the experience, or worse yet, you know, you know, lead to uh, to an accident, lead to loss of life. So, you know, we move beyond just the idea of the convenience of having a more reliable product in the consumer realm to to really these mission critical applications like. Uh, autonomous drivings. Uh, we hear a lot about the Internet of Things. By 2025, there'll be 75 billion devices connected to the Internet. Wow. Not, not just the, the consumer electronics, but uh, everything from smart meters, the meters outside your home for gas and water and electricity. I mean, we depend on these meters to provide a, a service. Yeah. If these meters are compromised by the elements, they, they cease to function and we no longer have the operation of that particular utility and when we're inconvenienced uh, medical device uh, something as simple as a, as a hearing aid you know to something as as critical um, as a, a a home monitoring device I mean think about the world we live and and you know how how often you know things get bumped or dropped or they spill um, it is so important that we really think and plan ahead for uh, a level of protection Right, right. Are you are you currently working with any businesses in particular with your product? Any partnerships that you maybe like to strike up in the future? Yeah, you know, we uh, we we work with some of the biggest brands in the world when it comes to uh, to electronics. Um, you know, these these are these are you know we're the number one provider for uh, things like tablets and e-readers. Number one provider for uh, you know uh, in-ear audio devices. 
Um, and, and so you can imagine the type of businesses and brands that are out there and ruggedized laptops, people like Dell, you know, when Nike originally introduced the, the fuel band, we were there to protect it. Uh, so really household names, as well as obviously quite a few uh, businesses in the industrial realm that aren't necessarily, you know, well known to the consumer, but are, you know, marquee organizations, world class entities, uh, you know, you know, you know, top performing, you know, companies uh, that we, we work with every single day. Yeah. And, and I imagine, though, that uh, many corporations who are just now catching on to this technology would want to get on board. Um, I know that I would if I was a business. <laughs> I wanted to protect my products because I can only imagine how what the cost of losing these electronics to uh, Ill, Ill, Ill put on protection can be. How much money could a business save uh, by putting HDO products in their electronics? So there's really three areas that I, I would you know uh, present you know that that we deliver value. One, yeah, you know, one area for the business is cost avoidance. You know, anytime a product comes back, whether it's a consumer product, whether it's a business product, um, there are costs associated. There's cost to diagnose it. There's cost to handle it. Logistics, uh, certainly cost to repair it. Uh, you know, you have warranty claims. So a big area of opportunity is for a business to to avoid those unnecessary costs associated with product failure. The second is, is really risk mitigation. Uh, as you can imagine, um, take, for example, we, we talked about a moment ago, autonomous cars. As we progress from semi-autonomous cars, what, what often is referred to as L2, all the way up to fully autonomous cars, L5, um, if, if an electronic fails, the car crashes, it compromises the, the, the passengers, there's likely going to be litigation. So if you can avoid that, uh, that risk mitigation is so important uh, in that context. And, and the third is, is really revenue creation. You know, the, the fact is, uh, I think, you know, we as individuals, we as professionals are becoming much more savvy to the importance uh, of having a protected device. And, you know, we seek that out. And so I'm going to I'm going to commit my funds or the funds of my business to products that I know are are protected. So across cost avoidance, risk mitigation and revenue creation, as a business, I stand to gain largely. Because, yeah, I mean, especially as we go into the future, more and more businesses are relying on electronics just for you know, simple pick-a-yune everyday things. Um, and this can, you know, make or break a company if, if their electronics continuously fail on them. And, you know, if I'm a construction worker, even if I'm just, you know, a medical worker or something like that, or even an auto worker as it, as it is nowadays um, with all the electronics we're putting in there, um, you know, I, I stand to lose probably in the billions of dollars if it crashes, uh, you know, if my product continuously crashes. Um, if I am a business who has not heard of or embraced HZO products yet, is there a way that you can, you know, retroactively add your product to their product? Well, you know, two, two things you mentioned. Um, you know, the, the first, just to kind of put some context to that size of the problem, in, in, uh, in smartphones alone, over 300 million phones a year are lost each year to water or liquid damage. Wow. Uh, they estimate that cost to be $97 billion. Wow. Uh, all, all in. So, so now, now extrapolate that out to all electronics, and, and you can begin to see the order of magnitude of this problem is huge. And and to the second question, it, it, then it, it becomes all that much more important 
you know, to really think about designing this protection in from the original concept uh, of a product or service that's going to be delivered. You know, once that product has been delivered to market, you're, you're, you're pretty limited to what you can do um, to retrofit it to, to have the, the ultimate protection. If it's a smartphone, you can put it into a case. Uh, you know, certainly for certain electronics, you can, you can protect it through an insurance plan. Uh, but neither of those really is going to provide the, the continuity of use that I think people are seeking. So the, the short answer is it gets designed in from the very beginning. And, and HCO uh, you know, literally works from the concept stage through design for manufacturability. Uh, we, we, we literally provide a turnkey service for the protection itself. We deliver all of the, uh, the materials, the science, the equipment, the intellectual property, and actually the people to run that process. So the companies that we work for, you know, we, we provide the end result and we guarantee that result. So when we talk about protecting something, it goes beyond just the manufacturing of the protection. It literally goes to the warranty itself and guaranteeing the performance of that protected product. And, and, uh, and I'm curious as to if you could help me out here because, um, the way this technology works, and I feel like a lot of people would benefit from understanding how it works. How does, how does HZO work from the inside, and why is it more important to protect from the inside than the outside? Yeah, so, so the way we work, we, we literally put a very thin film of protective coating, and it could be a variety of materials depending on, on what we're protecting it from. Uh, it, it's all done actually in a very controlled process through proprietary equipment that we build. So it's uh, so if you're working with salt water, you you could have a a proprietary product that works with salt water versus fresh water. Is it just cover all types of of moisture? Well, in in, in many cases, it'll cover a multitude of of forms of of moisture or salt or fog or corrosive materials. Uh, and often we'll combine materials, what we call it a hybrid solution, you know, to extend the type of coverage from from a greater diversity of, of hazards that you may encounter. The most common, of course, uh, is is uh, actually salt water. I mean, you think about uh, sweat, uh, you know, so for, for personal devices, um, you know, that we want to use in the gym or on the go or at the beach. Uh, very common to see, uh, you, know, you know, salt water, salt fog, um, you know, be, become the greatest hazard. But in the industrial world, not unusual that we'll see a variety of chemistries, you know, try to compromise electronic. If it's a oil refinery or a production facility, you, you, you have, you know, different hazards. In, in automotive, you run into petroleum products, you run into uh, battery acid, uh, and so knowing the specifics of, of what we're protecting against is really where we start the design. Right. And what's nice is, is we take on that accountability. And so when it finally presents itself for use, you don't have to worry. You know that it's, it's protected. And the reason it's so important to protect from the inside is, is that ultimately what we have found is, 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 you know, the old standard of trying to keep things out doesn't work well. And it doesn't work well because the... The, the traditional forms of protection break down really quickly. So we've all seen those big, ugly gaskets, you know, or seals around right. a, uh, an electronic device, uh, be it a water meter or a phone. And, you know, day one, they're fine. But very quickly, you know, being exposed to uh, the, the outside, being exposed to that you said before, 
the temperature fluctuations. Yeah. Every time something gets serviced, it gets opened and closed, it compromises that seal. And the problem with that approach is that once it's compromised and water gets in, uh, it's trapped. Right. Ironically, the opposite happens. It can't get out. But if you protect from the inside, if you protect down to the very component, down to the subassembly, down to the, the printed circuit board level, the fact that it gets in no longer is an issue. Right. It, it, it's going to continue to operate. Uh, the other thing is you begin to, to design your products very differently. You no longer need uh, that ugly gasket or seal. You get rid of it. You save money. Um, and it, it actually provides for a, a more streamlined, a lighter weight, a better product. And, and something as simple as, as taking weight out of some of these products is critical. Think about applications in aviation. You know, if you have to add this bulk through the traditional approaches of, of protecting a product, you add considerable weight. And that's the last thing you want to do on an airplane. And so right. our, our coating is, is, as I said, nanometers thick. That's 10 to the minus ninth. Uh, in terms of measurement, I mean, so it's ultra, ultra, ultra thin, hundreds of nanometers, uh, adds almost virtually no weight to these products. Yeah. So I, uh, the lesson here is no matter what you do to try to help it, you know, moisture is going to get into the product. So I, I, that's, that's revolutionary to actually tackle the problem from the inside with this, uh, this product itself. And I can attest that, you know, uh, there are times when that's a really great idea. We used, I used to actually be a dock worker, um, and we were constantly having to wipe everything down, all the electronics down to make sure that the salt air didn't corrode anything. And uh, I got to tell you, that having that around would have really helped your product. Having, having that product around would have really helped us put our mind at ease um, and probably saved the company God knows how much money. Do you see, uh, where, where do you see this, this uh, technology progressing probably in the next five years? Oh, great question, Brandon. I think if, if you look at the trends, you know, I mentioned earlier, 75 billion connected devices by 2025. That's your, your five-year time horizon. Uh, most of those devices shrinking in size. So miniaturization is a trend as, as electronics get smaller and smaller. Uh, many of the, the, the traditional ways of trying to protect it no longer work or work well. And the traditional ways is I, I, would, uh, I would spray or squirt or dip or paint on uh, some type of epoxy or urethane. Uh, and these tend to be pretty bulky. Well, if things get smaller, you don't have room for bulk. So I think you're going to see proliferation of device. I think you're going to see miniaturization of electronic. I think you're going to see... Uh, more advanced applications where the dependency on the device is that is that much greater, you know, whether it be for convenience and the fact that that you know we're at a point that nobody wants to put their phones down, we're constantly looking, checking, texting, messaging, talking, you know, to to you know aviation and automotive where we talked about the, the criticality. Uh, so I, I think that the, the trend is more electronics, smaller electronics, more dependency on these devices, and as a consequence. An expectation, I think that's the key word, uh, that these devices will continue to work and operate reliably independent of environment. I shouldn't have to worry that it's raining when I do my job or step out of the car. I shouldn't have to be concerned that if it slips out of my pocket, you know, into a puddle uh, that, I, that I've compromised it. Uh, I can't, you know, candidly, I, I can't as a business uh, continue to to service ways service things the way I traditionally have. So, 
think about something as, as simple as a, an oil rig in a, a distant place. If the electronic that's transmitting the data from that rig every day fails, that's an expensive service call to go make. So I, I think the combination and confluence of factors is such that it, it's going to be second nature to us as, as, as people and professionals that these electronics will be protected, unequivocally protected in a way uh, that, you know, it becomes second nature to expect to operate in any environment. Right. right. And that's, that's going to be a game changer going on down the line. I can guarantee you that. Um, and I'm, how is marketing going uh, from from that perspective? You say you work with larger brands, but I still feel like uh, you know general public, many cons- uh, consumers and, and businesses out there don't know that this protection is available to them. Um, are you are you doing anything market wise to uh, reach out to them to see to it that they understand that this is a product that they need to embrace? Absolutely, and in fact, you know, education is is you know probably one of our, our main charters when we think about communicating to the market, be it, be it the consumer or the business, the business uh, market space. Um, and, and, you know, in fairness to the, the consumer, you know, we, we see things uh, on packages that say water resistant or splash proof or waterproof. Uh, and we get this false sense of security. And so part of that education is really kind of advancing the understanding that, um, you know, what, what does that really mean to you? And, I, and as a consumer, I would tell you the first thing that I would look at uh, is the warranty. You know, independent of the marketing, what does the warranty say? If, if, if the device is compromised due to the environment, uh, snow, hail, you know, water, salt, doesn't matter, um, is, is it protected? And, you know, if, if the warranty and the marketing don't line up, then, then the reality is you're not really protected. And I think the consumer is getting much smarter. And as a consequence, you know, you know, we are, we're carrying this forward into our professional life. So uh, our communications, our website, a lot of the conferences that we do are really geared around broader education and understanding of why this is so important to us as individuals. Right. And I think that as you know, we progress as a society with our technology alongside us. We're going to start naturally asking these questions about, you know, why, why isn't my phone completely protected against the elements? And they're going to start asking how and how that kind of thing can happen for them where, where they are, where they are completely protected. And I think that they're going to, that's going to drive them straight to you. And uh, once that starts happening, I feel like many businesses are going to start really investing in this nanotechnology that you've created. And, and personally, as a consumer, I'm excited about it. <laughs> I think to your point, I, I, you know, one of the reasons this, this really, I, I think, has taken time to take hold is, you know, there's been a lot of attempts to, to sell chemicals and chemistry or IP or to sell equipment. We ourselves have discovered this is non-trivial in, in the ability to, to actually execute on this level of protection. And so, you know, we literally have brought together all of the essential elements. We have a substantial IP intellectual property portfolio, uh, about 350 assets in that portfolio. And, and the point being is, is there's real science behind the work that we do. The other thing is what we find is there's very few organizations in the world uh, that can operate at the scale that HCO operates. You know, we're not talking about, you know, tens or thousands or hundreds of thousands we're talking about the ability to process millions of parts a day. Wow. 
Um, and, and, and that really has, has, has allowed us to start to address, you know, this proliferation, you know, of electronics. And then we talked about earlier, uh, the need to, to, to bring different science and different materials forward. I, I think historically, you know, the approach has kind of been one size fits all. And we know that doesn't work. We know, you know, we know that the diversity of, of chemistry is critical if we're going to be successful in, in addressing the, uh, the market requirements. And then, you know, lastly, um, you know, there's nothing like, you know, you know, time tested processes, um, you know, to ensure uh, on, on the delivery. And, and we've been operating for a decade doing this. And, and so HCO is truly unique in, you know, I think how it's approached this problem. And it, and it really has set itself up, you know, to, to work closely with where the market's going and the five-year trends that we talked about just right. a few minutes ago. Man, well, the, I'm glad you guys are here. Let's <laughs> <laughs> say that. Very glad you guys are here. Uh, this technology is I, going to revolutionize everything. Uh, I feel like not only are consumers going to feel safer, businesses are going to want to invest in this technology in order to make sure that they're, they're you know, not only cut costs, but it's the, it's the safety that it can lend, to, that it can promise uh, to those who, who do business with them that I think is really just, it, it's going to change a lot of stuff. So Stephen Gold of HZO, thank you so much for coming onto this podcast and telling us about this stuff. Uh, I'm excited for the future. Well, thanks, Brandon. It's, it's, it's been great to catch up and, uh, you know, look forward to, uh, to what the future holds for protected electronics. And thanks to everyone for listening to today's software and tech podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can go to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. Make sure to leave a rating and a comment wherever you listen to your podcast content. I'm your host, Brendan Morse, signing off.